forget everything that you think you know about comics. Some say the battle of good versus evil is never ending because evil always survives. Some say that there are two types of people in this world, those who drink beer and those who enjoy a good comic. But damn it, we are the bridge. And to that we say cheers. We are your guardians, your watchful protectors from everything mundane. Because in the real world, you either die a hero or you drink long enough to see yourself become the villain. There's a war going on out there. How can you be sure you're on the right side? The ageless debate of what's right and wrong brought to your headphones with the simplest of solutions. With great beer comes great responsibility. And we accept that responsibility. For in brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape our sight. We are hop heroes, bringing the relevance of great beer and comic book stories to light. Hello and welcome to another edition of Hop Heroes, the show where we talk about our favorite drinks and our favorite heroes. I'm your host, Jordan Arith, and with me as always, we have talented artist and comic enthusiast, J.R. Gonzalez. Sup, Jordan? What's up, boo? How you living today, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. Easy morning so far. You know, having fun. Easy uh, Sunday morning? Easy Sunday morning. I did buy a lot of comic books this week that are probably more expensive than I should have bought, but you know, whatever. Not a kid. Not a kid. Yeah. How's Amber feel about that? Um, she's fine with it as long as we have money in the bank. You know, as soon as that starts to deplete, that's when she starts to um get a little upset. But you know, I got Spider Man twenty ninety nine, the first issue from nineteen ninety two, the very first issue. So you know, that's something. Do you have sometimes... it? Do you have it with you to show the picture or no? I don't have it with me. I can grab it though. But we'll do what's the Clayton second. one you were showing me? The Clayton Crane. So this is the uh, this is this Amazing Spider-Man. They they redo the Spider-Man stuff. Um, like they redid the numbering, and so this is the current volume of Spider-Man coming out. This is Spider-Man number one, and this is what they call a, a Virgin uh, cover. So that means there's no there's no title, there's no numbers, there's nothing. It's just the art of the artist. And um, I actually got this one. He signed it for me, and uh, so I bought this for like twenty bucks. I think it's running around fifty right now to get anywhere so um i bought some more like this from clayton crane uh i've actually met clayton crane i don't know if you could see my art poster right there that i bought a print from him not oh, yeah. too long a uh, couple that's actually i bought that in t- 2010 um so um the spider tw- uh 2099 was like a it's from you know 1992 so i had to have it so i bought it off of ebay do you, how regularly do you check like the value of the items that you've purchased in the past and like the difference? Like, do you know like how much you're up or down? Like, yes, on a regular basis. Um, I've been doing that a lot lately, particularly because I spend so much time with Action City now and doing all their social media. And so, anytime I like do their, I post something of their books. I I have to I want to double check that I'm not posting like an old price of their books. I mean, we I posted a uh, an Immortal Hulk that came out in 2018. Um, I have that book, by the way, but it it went it jumped from twenty five to one hundred bucks in nice. the last two months. So we posted it at twenty five. Someone snagged that up right away, and <laughs> <Shit>. so <laughs> thank God, you know, he has some more, so we were able to to post some more. But um, yeah, I gotta I gotta kind of keep an eye on it. I keep an eye on my stuff because I'm trying to downsize my comics. I have like a a whole garage shelf full of comic books over here on this side, and um, you know when you you're talking 13 years of buying comics. You're going to have 
quite a bit. <laughs> so your stock is up, is what you're saying. Your stock. Yeah, your stock I do is have up. some that are are that are really expensive. Um, a lot of them are Spider-Man stuff, which I won't give up. But I do have. I I just sold a Hulk one, and then I'm looking to sell some some other ones that are just not like you know I'm not tied to it. So sure. Right on, man. Yeah. Well, congrats on the new comics. That's uh, Comic Economics with JR, um, yeah, a new thanks. segment that we'll introduce, <laughs> Talking Just... Values. Uh, and then our third host, Zach Barlow, is unable to make it this this week. But uh, you know that meme where there's a little keyboard with the blue up blue button that says Upgrade? Then you click it, and then, then we get something better. Well, that's what happened this week because we got our good friend, supporter <laughs> of the show, and fellow podcast host of the Fantasy on Tap podcast, Nate McAllister. What's up, Nate? How you doing, buddy? Hey there. Uh, I, I appreciate you saying that I'm an upgrade from Zach. I don't know if I can uh, fill those shoes, but I'm going to give him a damn <laughs> this for sure. I <clears throat> I think Zach uh, brings a very uh, good thing to your guys' uh, podcast here. Uh, so I don't know if that's, that's what I can bring, but I'm going to bring something. I'll tell you that. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you for letting me on. I really appreciate it. I've been wanting to get on here for a long time, and uh, I'm really excited to... Uh, talk uh geek things with you guys yeah man yeah man. and and to, to be fair you're being humble but it's zach so we can we can be honest who cares yeah i mean uh, don't say yeah. don't give him too many kudos i mean we'll hear yeah. for it forever. he writes those down like every uh, yeah. single one he, has, he logs that shit he has a journal i've seen it he has uh, a kudo board up there just yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it's it's not that full but uh yeah oh man we're we're ragging on z now uh no we're, we're very excited to have you on nate nate's a good friend of uh of the show and a friend of mine um, we've known each other for a few years now and uh, resides down in, in Cali in the in the Wineland. Uh, and he has a podcast called Fantasy on Tap where they drink beer and they talk about fantasy football, um, which, I mean, what else could you ask for? So uh, normally we do uh, an origin story. Like, tell us your origin story when we have a guest on. But I, I kind of want to know the origin story, not of your career or your personality, but your mustache. Like, where the hell did that come from? Because <laughs> I've never seen you rock something like that before. <laughs> uh, so the origin story, it was way back to uh, Friday night. Uh, Friday night, <laughs> I, I usually rock kind of a shaggy beard. I've had that beard for quite a few years. Uh, I couldn't really grow it. Uh, it just wasn't something that, like... It's not rock and beer like most guys, but I love it, and I just keep going at it because that's who I am. <laughs> I also don't like my very small chin, so uh, I uh, I hide that with my with my beard and that. So then I was uh, sitting here the other I, night. I hide my second doing... chin with my beard, so I feel you. <laughs> <clears throat> so we were recording the other night, uh, me and my buddies, uh, Boogie Borges and The Foot on the uh, Fantasy Football Podcast, which you talked about, and um, we were... Uh, I was obviously I drink one before I I restart recording just to get those little like jitters out and just be oh, yeah. uh, feel a little bit more smooth and then I drank one while we were recording and uh, it was like a pretty heavy one like thirteen point six and then I drank another one after while we were just bsing on Skype and then another and I was they were they were talking me into uh, shaving and getting down to a mustache because the foot has one and then I was like nah and I go you know what I might be old enough to just rock a mustache now I'm thirty four now. 34 might be the age where the mustache is going to look good. I, uh, oh, I just no. went at it. I just took the clippers and took it out. And, uh, <laughs> and, and this is what we ended up with. It's uh, it's not oh, quite man. Magnum P.I. Um, it's definitely not Andy Reid, but I think it's a, it's a very good, healthy mustache. So um, I'm happy with how it looks. I'm glad that it's COVID season and I can wear that mask over it. 
Um, so especially like at work and things, there's not, there's probably three people at work that were able to actually see it. Cause I just wore my mask all day long. So, um, sure. it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good time to try to try out the mustache. I don't know if it'll be staying because I catch glimpses of myself. And I'm like, Oh, that guy's disgusting. And then I, <laughs> but, then I catch, but then I catch a glimpse of myself again and I'm like, dang, there you go. <laughs> so I don't know. It's a little doctor huh? kind of a uh, mustache situation I got going here, but We'll figure it out. I love it, man. Well, I got to say, the volume, I'm impressed. I mean, it's a healthy stash. Uh, yeah. It's got some Tom Selleck vibes a little bit, you know. It does, yeah. Know, the, little, the cum catcher on the bottom lip, I don't know about oh, that, that whoa, piece, whoa, that little whoa. addition. But, uh, <laughs> whoa, whoa. But uh, you were telling us before we hopped on that this is the weekend where your wife and family are out of town, right? So is this what happens when Amanda goes away? That's, uh, yeah. So you just can't leave me alone. <laughs> Uh, with, uh, <laughs> with beer and uh, thoughts. I mean, because then just bad things happen. I'm not um, since I become like a father and a older guy and a husband. I, you know, I don't go out and party it up. I sit at home and eat wings and drink beer. So um, and make bad decisions. Apparently, so there we go inside yeah. my house. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. She's out of town. She'll be gone till Wednesday. So hopefully uh, some other crazy stuff doesn't happen. I come out with some, like blue hair or something like that, try and fade myself <laughs> up, or I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to see like the body hair, like what you do with that. Like There's such, so much canvas to work with. I don't have much. I just have, gotcha. uh, I have one skunk stripe that goes down my chest right here. So there's not, much, there's not much you can do with that. So <laughs> <laughs> Right on, bro. Well, well, we've been waiting to get you on for a while. He's actually, Nate's been a supporter since day one. And if you actually watch our video intro on YouTube from our live show, you see Nate in the front, in the front row right there supporting yeah, us yeah. At, our, at our live show, which was a blast. And I'm, I'm pretty sure... Nate, you flashed your tits from the audience at that show, right? You flashed, yeah, you quick showed... one. It was just a quick nip slip. I got it in there. Yeah, um, yeah. That was my first feeling of fame. My first flash from the audience. It was a, it was a <laughs> special moment for me. Uh, but thanks for finally coming on the show. And uh, we're gonna talk Umbrella Academy season two hit Netflix. But I do want to, you know, ask a few questions about your podcast so our listeners out there that had never heard it before. So, what? First off, what got you into into fantasy football and beer podcasts? How'd that happen, man? Man, I've been playing fantasy football <clears throat> for probably like, I don't know, 20, 20 plus years now. Uh, I jumped in a league that was this, uh, it's a very unique league that's been around for at 27th year, 27 years, and um, I hopped wow. in a little bit. I was obviously the youngest in that, and I kind of shared a team with my pops, um, and I just loved it. I loved fantasy football every year. It was my favorite thing to go to these fantasy football drafts. We, uh, back then, I drank root beer. Now I drink beer. We... Uh, play poker before i mean it was just a blast hanging out with these old dudes and talking fantasy football it has a really unique scoring system and format so then eventually i made my own league which uh, jordan you're in this league and it's a uh, uh, that one's been going on for a little bit and i have a couple other leagues that i i uh was you know continuing to get involved in and then um i don't know last three years i was in a very competitive league and i did pretty well and I've always wanted to push something out there. Like I always felt like there was something that I could offer, just some content to the world. And that might be uh, 50 listeners or that might be uh, 200, whatever it is. I thought there was some content I could do, but I just didn't know what. And then eventually I was like, you know what? Fantasy football. I think that's, I have a little, um, I, I have some uh, information in this space that people might take away from. So I decided to finally um, get that going. It was a little bit, uh, um, tough in the beginning for me to get the motivation but finally once i got it and just kept pushing it um it's something that i love it's definitely my favorite um hobby or thing to do um i'm always thinking about it i'm always taking down notes i'm always working on it and then i got uh one of my best friends or my best friend 
to hop on with me. Um, and then another really good friend as well, the foot. And, uh, yeah, we just made something that's, uh, that's fun. It's a, a beer, which we love. We love talking about a little bit of beer. And then we, uh, talk about fantasy football on there and, uh, it's a good thing. I think we have a, we have a good spot in the industry where we're not those like super geeks who just crunch numbers. Um, cause those guys are amazing, but they are very talented. And then we're not like the, that novice, like entry level stuff this is hey go draft cmc number one overall like that's not what we're trying to talk about we're trying to get a little bit more in depth we're going right in the middle and that's what we're shooting for so uh we just like to have a good time put out at least a um one uh pod a week and uh when the season comes it should hit uh rolling into two but we want to go all year long and just talk about football fantasy football um everything about that and then sometimes uh a little bit of beer yeah, man. Awesome. And if you guys have never checked it out and you are into fantasy or just football in general, it's a blast to listen to. They have a lot of fun. Uh, Nate does a great job hosting. They got his boy, Jimmy Boogie Borges, who just, uh, if he gives three beers in him, the fun starts to fly. Two. And then, or two, two beers. <laughs> two beer Jimmy. Two beer Borges. That's his new nickname. And then, yeah, uh, <laughs> and then Craig, the foot fucking clan. Oh, man. <laughs> something came up with like a foot fetish about him or something. I'm so curious yeah. about where his name, the foot, came from. It was a foot fetish uh, deal. He was, uh, he told me when we first met, it was a long time ago, that he had some like foot fetish deal. And I, and I don't know if he thought it wouldn't stick in my mind, but I'm that type of guy. Like, <laughs> You give me oh, information yeah. like that, it's sticking around. <laughs> and, um, so it came back, and we finally we got in it, and we're like, Craig, man, like, do, do you really like those feet? And he's like, Yeah, man, I, I like feet. And he's like, So it, it got <laughs> like into a, it got into like a conversation, and so I t- I was I was trying to figure out what I'm gonna call him. Jimmy, for whatever reason, wanted to be called Boogie Borges. Don't get I don't know why Boogie Borges was his thing. <laughs> Um, and, uh, we didn't have anything for Craig. And so finally I was like, dude, I'm just calling you the foot. Like you're the foot now. That's what you are. You're, uh, you're a foot fucker. And so now he loves to, to play on that and he calls him the foot fucker and all this stuff. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really a fun show. We'd have a good time and, uh, yeah, it's a good thing, man. Yeah, it's a fucking blast, uh, clearly, as you can tell. Um, So we won't go too deep. This isn't a technically a football podcast. We have some football interests. But uh, what would you say is the best value right now in the first, like, you know, five rounds versus his ADP? Like, who who do you think is the person out there? And ADP stands for average draft position. Uh, So who's getting drafted at a spot where you should go and grab him because it's an incredible value? Like, who's your boy? Uh, I didn't know you were going to try and put me on the spot here. But I would would have to go. It has to be a wide receiver. Um, I think there's the running backs in the top three rounds. Uh, you got to pick your three guys, and you got to find a running back, at least two of them in those top three rounds. And there's a lot of guys. You just got to believe in them. Um, so I'm not going to say a running back is like that incredible value. Uh, I really think Allen Robinson, uh, he falls to a great value. You can get him in like the fifth or even the sixth. And that guy legitimately could be a wide receiver one for you, but you could snag a guy earlier, you know, like Cooper cup or even like OBJ and, and then pair him up with Allen Robinson. I think feel really confident, even if you have to go running back heavy early, because I think that's a strategy this year. So um, I would say Allen Robinson personally. I think he commands a, an elite amount of target share on that on that team, and uh, he's going to be an absolute target monster. So just amount uh, with volume, he's going to be a low floor type of guy. And if he gets the um, touchdown basis on there, I think he's going to be a high ceiling as well. So 
Allen Robinson's the guy I'm going to say. Put it in. There you go. Put it final in, answer. baby. That's final, the kind final of insight. Answer. Final answer. That's the kind of insight you're going to get from them, man. Uh, yeah, I think that's great because I always thought Allen Robinson was kind of a scrub, but you've, uh, you've turned my, <laughs> my mindset on him. He's, he's more intrigued. I just don't like a quarterback situation, but he's – He's, he's overcome that in every situation he's ever been in. So he has. Uh, I agree. That's a great, great, great call. Uh, Jr. Any any football questions you have with your lowly Patriots over there? Uh, that every um, half his team decided to. I don't want to play this year. You know, it's been kind of a rough start to the season. I mean, even back, you know, obviously starting in March. So you know, I've kind of taken a little bit of a step back when it comes to football. I mean, uh, how do you? I guess I should ask. How do you feel about? You know, how do you feel about the Patriots situation? I, I mean, I have my personal feelings, but how do you feel about their? I mean, <laughs> it's hard to talk about. How do you feel what they're going through right now? <laughs> what they're going I kinda, through? I kind of got jacked up about the Patriots. I was really like thinking at first that uh, Bill Belichick was had this like scheme. He was going to play Stidham out there, um, lose, and then get Lawrence. I thought maybe that maybe that's his like mind frame here. Like, yeah. how can you go into a season? have Stidham on the roster, then also um, your backup is Hoyer. Who knows one of these guys uh, uh, is going to start your team? Like, you can't feel comfortable with that going in. And uh, then they get Cam Newton. So I'm like, okay, there goes that theory out the window. But I have a new theory here. It's a little bit of a conspiracy theory. Uh, I laid it out on one of our more recent uh, pods that (laughs) I think that he's pushing folks into saying, hey, you you know what, you might – you have some health issues. Maybe you don't want to be playing this year because like six defensive players on that team have already uh, opted out. And I think he's trying to um, he's trying to tank for Lawrence, but in a better way. Like, hey, I'm Bill Belichick. I don't tank. I like I want to hold my um, I see. my iconic thing. And now, um, but it's it's out of my control. All these guys they uh, they opted out, and now they get Lawrence, and he's going to um, you know have another 15 years of an amazing quarterback again. So. That's, that's my thought process for that. Might be a little out yeah. there, but if it happens, that's it. It does. Good for Trevor. Yeah, <laughs> they they lost. I mean, they lost Dante Hightower. I mean, they're not losing just seven defensive like random dudes. They've lost legit their their head li- linebacker. They've lost their 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 strong safety. Uh, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing I saw this morning was that uh, they're talking about possibly Clowney, maybe. And Ugh, if he goes there, then luck. there goes that theory. <laughs> that fucking guy, man. I know. I'm sign a contract. Save his life. I know. Speaking of that, man, that's a yeah. Speaking of big ones, though, he talked about that Jordan that that uh the trade, the Jamal Adams trade was a pretty good one. And uh, I know you don't want to get crazy into football, but I had a little discussion with Jimmy. Um, and since you're a Seahawks fan, it kind of uh it kind of hits home for you, I think. And he was like, he hated the trade. He thought it was absolute garbage couldn't believe the value that they gave up to get this guy and i had to explain it to him this way and i and i um i think that the people lose sight of the purpose of football the purpose of football is to win is win a championship when you have a team that has an elite offense the way that the uh, seahawks do they feel like they have a chance right now to win a super bowl but i don't think that their defense is on par to be like a defensive winning super bowl team so what do you Mm -hmm. do to those type of teams insert guys who can make plays insert guys who will put your offense in just a good enough situation to win the game and i think that's what they're doing they're they're selling out and they're saying hey this is the type of guy that we need on our squad um they go sign maybe like uh another pass rusher out there and and then they have a they have a good push uh, that's that was my little take on those that seahawks move i think it was a good one 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, a lot of people were mixed on it. I loved it. I mean, I agree. The window is only so long. You can't continue to build for the future when you have a franchise quarterback. It's not going to be there forever. Uh, Jamal Adams just seems to fit the bill of what you want at a, at a Pete Carroll player. Just so much energy and attitude and just cracks fools. And he's going to be a more versatile Cam Chancellor, maybe not as big hitter, but that's that's kind of the thought process is having that box safety that's kind of hovering around the line of scrimmage and can, can pass rush. He had more sacks last season as a safety than anybody on the Seahawks did. So mm-hmm. uh, we need we need that help. And now with Dunbar coming off of the exemplist, we arguably have one of the more talented secondaries in the league. So I'm, I'm very excited for it. We've always had great safeties in Seattle in the Pete Carroll era. It's kind of what, what's led to LOB in the charge. And now we have a great safety pairing with Quandre and, and Jamal Adams again. So I loved it. I, I mean, first-round first, first picks in Seattle are basically top coin flips anyway, so we don't really land a whole lot of talent. Look at Rashad Penny. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally cool with it. I'm, I'm really excited. And I actually made the trade in Madden before the, the trade actually happened in real life. I traded Jamal Adams to the Seahawks in Madden because so I was like, that's what needs to happen. And then it fucking happened. I was like, holy shit. I also have Yannick Ngakwe on the Seahawks. That never happened. So, you know, what are you going to do? So uh, that's our football talk for today. Uh, that's a uh, fucking. <laughs> we can go down rabbit hole after rabbit hole after that. But uh, let's let's move on to uh, before we go on to Umbrella Academy. So typically when we do a reaction to a movie or a show, we don't do a beverage breakdown. But when I have a fellow Hopcaster on with me, and Hopcaster by the way is a, a, a phrase that I just made up, and I'm going to definitely coin that shit. It's basically your podcast host about beer. Um, or I guess you could be a wizard that has like beer-based spells that you cast, a hopcaster. But there's a <laughs> several ways to go about it. But fellow hopcaster Nate's on, so we're gonna we're gonna drink some beer today. So Nate, what are you bringing to the table with? Uh, the so alcohol? I got this. The uh, it's a Legion beer. I thought you guys are based out of the Northwest, and uh, Legion was. I think that they're taken over though by Anheuser Busch. I, I believe that's the case. Um, mm-hmm. I got a beer here. It's a cake topper. Um, it's a, I don't know how you pronounce this, if it's a Brute IPA or if you're just supposed to spell it out and say like it's a B-R-U-T IPA, I'm not sure. I know that it was a, kind of created last year in San Francisco um, in a pub down there. It's a dry IPA. That's what they, they went after the like kind of wine section and tried to go after a dry one, which is the exact opposite of what I generally like. I like the uh, hazy, um, uh, juicy IPAs. So um, mm-hmm. this guy, though, we always give it a crack. Mm, um, I like that sound. Yeah, I had to wait, and I saw you drinking. I was like, "Gosh, dang it, man!" But I got to crack this thing on there. So <laughs> you always got to keep. Yeah, get the get loose early. You know that. <laughs> uh, this is my the second one I've had of it, and it's supposed to be like a cake. That's what it is. And uh, they inserted uh, vanilla, guava, and lactose to emulate flavors of fruit infused wedding cake. And it's exactly what it tastes like. It tastes like it's a fruit infused wedding cake. It's delicious. You could taste the vanilla. Um, it's a really, really good beer, and it is. It's kind of dry. It's like dry on the back of your tongue. So um, I like it a lot. I'm a big fan. Interesting. Yeah. The so brute is a type of champagne. It's like uh, if you look at bubbly like Corbel or Cooks, you know, and you're going on on uh, New Year's Eve. They have which is your birthday. They have uh, the brute champagne, and they have the extra dry. And I actually found out that brute is drier than extra dry. Which is very interesting to me because I don't know why you would name something extra dry if it's not the driest thing you fucking have. So does it have like a bubbly, <laughs> like a bubbly dry taste to it with all that sweetness? Like that's a weird pairing to me. It, not too bubbly, no. Um, I don't really know what dry is supposed to mean when you're drinking a, a liquid, <laughs> so I'm not that into it. Um, but it, uh, 
more, the only thing that like I could equate bitter. to dry is like it's it it's gone. Like once you drink it, there's it, it doesn't make your mouth feel like like juicy, like a juicy one would. Like you just have those flavors all in your mouth for a long time. This one's just basically gone after you swallow it away. It's a, it's nowhere. So none okay. left on the uh, flavor saver here either. The flavor saver. Mm, nice dribble catcher. Yeah, I, I feel like whenever I think of dry, I think like one side of the spectrum is going to be super sweet and the other side is going to be super dry. So it's like another word for bitter to me or it's not as sweet. Um, but with all those sweet flavors infused, you think that's kind of a contradiction right there. That's, yeah. yeah, that's tough then because you can taste the vanilla. The vanilla is definitely there. It's uh, it's the only beer that I've tried that, that tastes that way. So Interesting, interesting. Well, I... Uh, am drinking not a beer today but a cider and <laughs> the reason i'm going cider is because double shovel which is a uh cider house in anchorage is really the only one in anchorage but it's fucking delicious so fortunate for us um they released their pepper peak and pepper peak is i if you've heard our podcast before we did it in the saga episode um but i'm an avid uh spicy cider fan like we have we had a habanero raspberry cider on our saga episode which that was pretty good i like that one i do yeah it was a good episode i I really love i really love the combo of uh, sweet and spicy i think that's a great it battles with each other so well um and pepper peak it's not as uh sweet it's more of a dry and spicy it literally tastes like a habanero pepper with a little cider background so what i do is i get a growler of pepper peak and a smaller <laughs> growler of pineapple cider, and I mix them, and I get a little mango habanero going, and or a pineapple habanero, and it comes out to be just that sweet and spicy that I'm looking for. So, I'm, uh, as soon as Pepper Peak was announced, it's it's back because it, it, they don't like making it. Apparently, I asked why they don't make it very often. They said it's just a pain in the ass to clean the tubes, like the tubes they use to run the lines of all the cider coming out, because it just that pepper flavoring does not get out of those things. So they, they do it just rarely um, because of that. Um, but when they do, it's I come around with my growlers in hand. So very excited to have Pepper Peak out. That's what I'm drinking today. But I'm even more excited to talk Umbrella Academy, motherfuckers. Let's fucking do it. It is a comic book and a show that we've been talking about for three years now. One of the very first episodes we did on this podcast was the original Umbrella Academy Apocalypse Suite from Gerard Way. And when we found out it was coming to Netflix, we got really excited and we started diving into all three volumes. We've done Umbrella Academy Apocalypse Suite. We reacted to the first season, which if you haven't checked that out, please do. And then we had Dallas, which was the second comic story from Gerard. And now we're reacting to the second season. And we just dropped Hotel Oblivion last week. So we're Umbrella Academy heads over here. We all watched season two. JR, how about you start us off by giving just a little breakdown of what is the storyline in season two of Umbrella Academy? So uh, season two starts where obviously season one ends, and that's where they are trapped in 1963 Dallas. Did I get that right? Because I did not pay attention to the date. Um, well, they dropped basic- off in different dates, like in the show. Different like different times of the of the year though. Like one was like one month prior, one was two months prior, one was almost a year, right? Eleven months, I think, is what. I thought, uh, I thought they've was been there longer for, than a year. Because I think years. rumor was there for yeah, a couple been, of years. Yeah, I yeah, think so. Rumor. It was like a year and a month was a, the largest distance between the. Yeah. Well. So um, so they're they're out in Dallas, and this is obviously a really important time in history because this is the year that. Uh, Kennedy, uh, John F. JFK gets assassinated, and um, 
all of them, like I said, are, are, are separated, and so they're kind of lost in their own world. I mean, Rumor gets married, uh, Space Boy becomes, uh, uh, like a, what do you call those, uh, fighter bare for hire, bare knuckle, brawler, yeah, um, Klaus becomes, yeah. which I love Klaus, becomes a cult leader, I mean, <laughs> it's like, yeah. I was like, uh, Klaus is, makes me laugh through the whole, whole series, but he becomes a cult leader, um, uh, five is, is like, just, I think his is more recent, right? So his was only like a couple days. So he's trying to figure out how to get everybody back because there's a doomsday coming. So their their time there causes a doomsday with, uh, with you know, the, again they brought it with them basically. The end of the world comes with the Brel Academy, and uh, Vanya is like stuck on a farm because she almost got gets hit by um, I think which is one of the worst names I've ever heard. It's called Sissy uh and <laughs> i i couldn't stand it i couldn't stand it uh when her husband calls her sis like that's where i get weird yeah out, dude. I, 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 hated sis. I hated that uh sis. it was the worst so i mean but it's 1963 texas so maybe that's what they were trying to betray uh that actress was on a, another tv series with uh giovanni uh Rapsi on amazon that they don't longer make anymore called sneaky pete but um sneaky pete, sneaky pete was, was a good series but anyway, so they're they're trying to figure out how to to solve this, and at some point they realize that Hargreaves, uh, their father, is there, and they think that he's actually behind the JFK Kennedy um, Kraken, Diego, which is uh, I guess the Batman version of the Umbrella Academy, is trying to stop the assassination, and so goes after Hargreaves really hard. He's actually ended up in a mental institute with um, I don't know, I guess. At this point, if you haven't watched it, you're going to miss out. So there's going to be a lot of spoilers in this. Uh, you know, she's like an assassin for hire, undercover to infiltrate, you know, the Umbrella Academy because the handler is back. She survived her shot to the head, which I don't know, by Hazel and um, Cha-Cha. Uh, Chacha. Uh, and that's kind of like a little bit of a different story um, from the book. In the book, Dallas, Hazel, and Cha-Cha are actually pretty much more of a prominent um, figures. And in in season one, Hazel and Cha-Cha are more prominent than in season two. In fact, they're they're dead. And uh, Hazel's helping Five realize what's happening in this storyline. So, um, yeah. but yeah, there's Hazel a lot Cha-Cha going on. Were, they were gruesome characters in volume two of the comic book story. And they weren't even in volume one, if I remember correctly. They were introduced in no. Dallas. But they were in yep. season one. Like, that's one thing they've done weird with this is, like, the story, the theme of each season is that volume. Like, the theme of season one was Apocalypse Suite, but the characters were combined from volume one and volume two. And yeah. then season two, the, the story arc is Dallas, but their characters from volume two and volume three are combined. Like, it's they're kind of, like, taking yeah. pieces from everything and building their own story. And the just the one thing you said about Diego's girlfriend or the – Lila, I believe her name was. Yeah. Was she in the comics? I don't remember her at all. Or was that just a no? That's a show? whole different. That's a whole different storyline. Even in, um, I mean, at altogether. I mean, that's a whole different storyline. The handlers are different um, because it's um, the the guy, the fishbowl guy, is more prominent than than uh, the current handler. So they've they've changed some things mm-hmm. in there. You know, um, from being the story, I feel like they've elaborated. That's why when we talked about it, uh, Carmichael is the the guy with the fishbowl head and uh you know we talked about background stories and character background stories you know i think this was 
much more um they've done much more of a job than 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 actual comic books did i mean the comic books is almost pure action um and they've done some background stories here and some change some yeah. stuff they've changed a lot of yeah. I, it's like they took a, a big leap forward and then they brought it back you know what i mean in the story a little bit and they really elaborated on dallas um in the in the comic they're in dallas but not like as as much and as well and number five in the story is actually the one that's supposed to assassinate the jfk and you know that that changed which all. was kind of happening in the show a little bit the older little bit. The older five was getting the sniper already before they started fighting and everything so that was it, it was, was a little but it wasn't such like the the guiding force to why they were in dallas and because he stopped he didn't want to do it right in in the book number five so that kind of was the guiding story to the book was like number five changed all this shit around from not doing the things that he did and in this story it's because they land all of them landed i mean vanya is way more involved than this i mean she's in a wheelchair the whole time in dallas don't get me so. started we'll, we'll talk about vanya jesus i have so many thoughts um so yeah so that's like the kind of the breakdown of the storyline and, and yeah. nate you have been an observer of the show but you haven't read the comics is that correct that's correct yep so um i like that you're using all their names and uh i'm i'm like just having to piece together who the people are like on their their actual like superhero names because they never really say it in the show who they're like superhero space I mean, boy or I can, yeah. yeah i can figure it out but um yeah it's yeah. good i i gotta definitely read the comics for sure um especially after watching this this season it was pretty good i liked it it was a it was um good deal but i'm gonna definitely have to read the comics so that i uh I, there was no way i was gonna be able to do that prior to this episode but, uh, <laughs> oh no of course uh, of course i actually kind of pers- uh, appreciate your perspective because it's just the show so i have found that when we do a comic and we do a show reaction of that comic i come off as snobby as fucking possible because i mm-hmm. get upset when it's not as compared to the comic it's, it's like who fucking cares somebody that just enjoys the show that's what i want to hear from so i'm excited about that um what were your thoughts after season one coming into season two what what were you like were you excited were you expecting some greatness did you really enjoy season one yeah i liked season one a lot i thought that it was um i mean i am a very easy critic i will have things that i don't like about a show but i can easily overlook it and say you know what i enjoyed the entire portion of the show that that show was good and I, it was entertaining for me and that's what i try Rock and get and out of everything is yeah, I knew Love you were it. going there. I saw you just like <laughs> holding back. Like, when can I make my jump in to interrupt him and say lock and key? Yes, I liked lock and key. I thought it was a good show. <laughs> it entertained me. Like, remember what I told you? The purpose of winning a, a the NFL is to win a Super Bowl. The purpose of a show is to entertain you. If there's That's a couple so plot true. holes, if there's a couple plot holes, who cares? I look past it. Don't be a asshole like you and just let's let's get through. <laughs> So, uh, a I podcast host thought, has to have some critiques, okay? Damn, there can't. And I was getting there. I have a little notepad with some critiques on it that I was just like, "Hey, what's going?" On? But these are the things that I'm telling you you got to look past. Um, mm-hmm. So I, uh, I liked it. I liked the season one. I thought if season two never came along, eh, I mean, I'd be, I'd be fine with that. But then I heard season two was coming along, and I was excited to watch that. Um, I had to watch it with my wife, though, because we do those things together. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to get on this podcast, and we got to watch this show. So we got to binge it. And we did. We binged it. And I binged it a little too early, so I had to kind of rewatch a little bit because I wanted to keep that stuff fresh in my mind. I didn't take notes. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, season, season, I was really excited for season two when it was announced, and um, I enjoyed season two a lot as well. There's, uh, there's some things that I'm going to have some questions for you guys, and hopefully you can kind of fill me in on. Um, about the other half of it but um, yeah it's just a 
uh, TV show watcher, not a comic reader of of this uh, show. That uh, yeah, I was I was very entertained. Yeah, and, and one thing about Umbrella Academy is uh, it's definitely entertaining, and the comic book and the show both they're 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 slightly Absolutely. different, but pretty pretty well pretty well adapted. I would say I think that um, volume the first season of of uh, Umbrella Academy, I think that Zach and JR were big fans. I wasn't as much. And that was very similar to uh, Apocalypse Suite when we read it. I felt like it was uh, f- this huge, fantastical, ridiculous world that you had to kind of just envelop yourself with. And then these characters that have their little unique f- things here and there, but I thought that a lot of the tropes were done already, and I thought that the development wasn't there from the characters, so I just didn't, I didn't invest in them. And I thought that the show carried that. I thought the show was kind of weird and cool and different, but also like there was a little bit of lack of development and then enter episode two or season two of Dallas. And I think that Dallas did such a better job of, of building off of those characters and giving you interesting storylines for each character. Um, and I thought season two carried that as well. Um, and so first, first three episodes, you know, you have uh, the introduction of the characters, uh, what happened post apocalypse in the first season, you have them landing sporadically throughout Dallas and you have them kind of introducing themselves in their new lives. So Jared kind of already mentioned it. Uh, space is a kind of a, a bare knuckle boxer, underground fighter, uh, and has like a bookie that books stuff for him, like a manager. Um, and we have Rumor, who's now married to a civil rights leader and is pushing the civil rights movement. Um, and then we have Seance, who did the cult, started a cult, which is just phenomenal. Um, and Five comes in extra late. He's the last one dropped in. But, uh, oh, yeah, and Diego's in an insane asylum. Did I miss anybody? Oh, yeah, and Vanya and is Vanya. living on a farm. as a, She lost her memory. She's living on a farm as a babysitter or a, uh, whatever. So, uh, caretaker. So what do you guys think of those stories for each individual? Did, did you guys think that that was a good representation of, like, what they could have been doing? Like, do you think that that was exciting and creative? I mean, it was um, obviously in that. Oh, go yeah. Ahead. Sorry. Oh, say, uh. Go ahead, because I, I have a lot to, t- to say. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, go yeah, for so it. So obviously I think that um, they wanted to hit their points, right? So it was a good spot to throw each of them in. It kind of um, – it was something that happens during the 60s, and those were important things that were happening during the 60s, and especially that year. And so they put them in the right spot so that they could have uh, people that are interested in that and, and, and how they were involved in changing those things. Um, I liked it. I thought it was uh, very creative to put them all in those in those situations, and it was a good way for them to um, dropping them at different time periods was a good way for them to break up that like unity that they formed at the end of the last season. Because if they dropped them all in the same time, um, they would have just found each other and hopefully defeated whatever was in front of them. But be- because they created a new you know uh, a new life there, and there was years apart, they maybe that unity that they got at the end of the show where they all kind of finally came together just got spread out a little bit and they all kind of went back to their own ways and so i thought that was pretty good job by them by the writers to 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 spread that out um and then i yeah they all kind of fit in their own space i love the the space boy is that what he's called space boy um yeah uh, i mean he's down there fighting and the opening scene i mean i i don't know about you guys but that like that got me going right there when the opening scene and like they're pushing ghosts out and he's fighting with a ghost army and mm-hmm. uh, somehow Diego is literally dodging bullets and uh, Vanya, I mean Vanya's doing Vanya stuff and then um, 
it, it, they were all so cool and their powers just like I thought at like their apex of what they could do. My only problem with that is from it wasn't like I guess it was a couple of years there. But then when they revert back and he jumps back in time, oh, 10 days or whatever it was, none of them are to that point. Like none of them can get to that point, And that was a little like disappointing to me. I'm like, it, it seems like that they developed these skills over the years that they were in Dallas. And then now they're like they get they get pushed back and they're and they're just kind of weaker forms themselves. Like it was like that the time didn't pass. Uh, uh, Klaus, he can't push out this ghost army. Like he's not able to um, conjure up his brother and allow his brother Ben <laughs> to fight for him. Like, and it, it was just, it, it was rough for me to think that 10 days in 10 days, they're just going to be able to um, accomplish all of this. And so that was a little bit of a, a downfall for me in those first few slow, very, very slow episodes. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. JR, what do you think? Um, so a, a lot of times, I mean, for me, I wa- I didn't binge watch it, but I, I, di- I did watch it pretty quickly this season. And um, I, I totally get what you're saying. It didn't occur to me while, while that was happening to me. Um, I It is – I love what they – I felt like what they did there was dangle a carrot in front of you. Like, this is the possibilities, but let's uh, let's see what kind of story development which they – that they could do. And – which I, I totally loved. Uh, Klaus is – that whole entire Klaus scenario was like probably one of the best things. And, you know, his character and the way he laughed and the way he's like aloof. And um, he's like, oh, yeah, you're a cult leader. I mean, all that stuff. And he's like, ah, whatever. I just did it to get out of whatever trouble I was in. And, you know, he's got these like orgies happening and drinking and all these kind of things. Um, Every and, time Ben brings up the girl he's in love with, he's like, "Oh, is that the the so and so with the lazy eye or the oh yeah, yeah. the so and so with the, the limp, right?" <laughs> it's like, I fucking love that. Yeah, just... and uh, I thought that was great. Uh, I thought um, Klaus and um, so Seance and Number Five were the best characters. I mean, Number Five throughout the whole thing, I felt is carrying a lot of the show and is directed with him and um. To have a 13-year-old to 15, I think he's maybe 15 now, but uh, have that actor pull that show together, I thought that was a really great thing. Um, the negative parts for me were really were Vanya um, 100% of the time, um, just because we are used to Vanya not being um, in the books at all. Like, at, she, she's the bad guy in the first Apocalypse suite, you know, she becomes the villain, and then she's a pretty much a, a vegetable in, in Dallas and um obviously with our episode last week on the uh, uh hotel oblivion she's she's starting to come around i mean she's barely starting to come around in volume 3 and uh of uh the books and so in this she's pretty prominent and and in fact there's you know a big moment in the in the story where she she's the reason you know the the end of the world happens cuz she can't control herself and once again. <laughs> Once again, and threw her in a in a mix of a household where the wife falls in love with her, and um, Ellen Page has been bothering me for years as an actress, so you know that adds to that as well. <laughs> you know her being she's kind of an <laughs> asshole, um, but uh, yeah, I mean Ben's more involved in this. I mean I love it. I love the aspect of the civil rights movement, you know, and what what it was like to be there in Texas in 1963 and um, being having Klaus being a love puppy for a little while, falling in love with that, you know, Lillian who was, you know, going to kill everybody, but 
finding out that there's more Umbrella Academy kids, possibly, right? More different uh, kids with powers. So, yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the uh, for the most part, I really enjoy the storylines that they introduce you to. And I thought that the the scene that Nate's talking about where they're just going like Avengers on all these bad guys in the opening scene, like it looks fucking badass and all their powers are on display. And then the apocalypse happens and they're all wiped out. Oh, my fucking spin, uh, spit guard. Uh, they're all wiped out. And then you have to start from scratch. And it's kind of like it's exactly like that carrot tease. Like this is what it could be, but we're not going to do that. And they wipe it all out. Like let's start from scratch. Um, and I said it before on, on, uh, on last week, but I think that it's, it's, it still rings true. I think that the first season and the first volume was like a new hope of star Wars. It's like just creating the world, uh, introducing the characters and some of it's going to be a little weird. Some of it's going to be a little new, but you know, if you just go with it, it'll work. And then volume two in Dallas was like empire strikes back where the action was there in the very beginning, but most of it was character development, cool storylines. You know, you find out Luke's uh vader's son you know hans gets put in fucking the kryptonite like all or not kryptonite but the uh whatchamacallit the carbon and then volume three is hotel oblivion is like uh return of the jedi like all the all the fireworks all the battle all the cool stuff is is volume three so my personal favorite's always been empire strikes back because of the cool storyline and i think dallas rings true to that as well because i thought that the stories were just so unique and and the dialogue was so much better compared to volume so much better um, I was laughing and, and the stories are just more interesting. The one thing, so I loved all the stories. Vanya can, I just whenever that storyline happened, I just checked out. Like I couldn't couldn't get into it. Um, but also, space I thought was a missed opportunity. I thought that when they made him like the bare knuckle boxer, like tough guy, like that's just not who he is. It never has been. He's incredibly sensitive, and I know that they were trying to like play off that as a joke. But I don't think Tom Hopper is a very good actor. So I don't think he can play that like kind of doofus role very, very like smoothly. I think it's kind of just like forced. And I thought if he would have been like in a pottery class or something, like something super sensitive, like trying to find himself and then had to play out of that and become the badass again, I thought that would have been way cooler as opposed to starting as a badass and then slowly dwindling into the sensitive person he is throughout the season. Um, but that was the only missed opportunity. Did he really change into, into a, like sensitive or did did they just make Diego and him just incredibly like stupid? Like they were just... They yeah. dumbed them down all the way to a point where you're like, okay, I don't even really care what they're doing in the story. They're only going to bring their powers eventually to try and help them out. And that yeah, that. that's a good point. They they kind of made it like Mark Ruffalo in, in Infinity War. Like they made it, they tried to make them the like the comedic relief when they're not normally that. And you already had plenty of that with Seance and with Five. Really, like you had plenty of comedic relief. Yeah, you didn't need to make Space and Diego dumb and and try and make it funny as well. I like I thought that was a stretch. So I agree. I think that that was they they did dumb them down like they got really just and at, at a certain point they stopped investing in space a storyline he was just around eating food uh, that's which, true yeah which is kind of a nod because in in Dallas in Dallas it starts off he's super fat like he he got depressed and just ate cookies and watched Maury all day every day yeah and he, he got yeah. huge which I was hoping for but they never got to that point no so. Uh. I do think that, you know, that's a great point. I mean, there's this relationship between uh, Klaus and Luther, you know, uh, the Kraken and Space Boy, uh, that is actually Diego throughout all oh, Diego and Luther and um, throughout the Space uh, Three books. And that relationship really isn't in the at all, you know, between these two. Like, they kind of joke around, they kind of like pretend to do a high five, but there's like a hatred between the two, 
right? Because he's one and two, and you know, and there's not really that much in this, particularly in this one. You know, they're separated for a long time, and then when they come together, you know, um, uh, Luther is is really getting his ass kicked at all levels. I mean, he gets his ass kicked by Lillian. I mean, uh, <laughs> which is pretty funny. I mean, she comes out to be a badass though when she's like a mimic of your powers. Like she she ends up being yeah. pretty fucking savage. So, um, I am waiting for, uh, space boy to come out in his full uniform, you know, um, which is him in a, a out, you know, a space uniform the way he does in the book and, um, haven't seen it yet. So I'm hoping, and I'm hoping that the reason that they did this because maybe season three would have more character development of those two guys. And, um, we'll see how that goes. As I well, can, I think they started it with the. Didn't they have like a Team Zero? Isn't that what they were called? They kept yeah. referencing back that mm-hmm. Team Zero kind of deal, and I guess that would be. I didn't know about that in the comics, but that would be a, like a nod to that. Like, hey, we, you know, they're trying to build that little team, and I was wondering why yeah. they're trying to force that Team Zero thing together so much. But uh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to create that. No, nobody's better than anyone else, and like that lasted like two two seconds, and then everyone's like, yeah, Diego, shut, shut yeah, the fuck five's up. a little bit better. Five's yeah, five's, five's, oh man, five, five carries the show for sure. And, and he, he always has, he carries the story in, in the comics. He is much more, uh, mentally unstable. Uh, I remember in the comics, he, he, so in, in the scene where he murders the entire board of the commission, um, which I was hoping they'd put that in here, he does so, but he eats the fish at the end. He swallows the fish and then, uh, the handler does that, uh, in the show. Um, swallows the fish, which I thought was a little yeah. different. But also, after he does that, he goes into like this state of depression where he's literally just boozing and watch. He has, uh, I don't know if it's Pogo, but he has a monkey uh, dressed as Marilyn Monroe singing Happy Birthday, Mr. President to him in the comic. Yeah. Remember that, JR? Yeah, he's going a little, he's a little nuttier. Um, and I think he they try to portray that. End. Yeah, it goes a little bit crazy. And I think he tries to, they try to portray that with when he met himself in Dallas. And it comes up with that, like, you know, you get you the symptoms, which I thought was hilarious that they put that on the screen, his symptoms. And then the last one is like psychotic rage, <laughs> which was um, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was very yeah. clever. But I think they try to portray that from the book in, into the TV series with that when he tries to meet himself and he starts to go a little crazy. I mean, he goes I mean, he when he kills the board and he's sweaty and he's bloody and, you know, and then he starts to, you know, fight himself. I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, um, these it's just uh it's i i just i love five i mean his his time travel powers are amazing yeah and and as soon as he he slowly gets to like at the very end he kind of learns how to master him a little bit better and once he can master that like seconds instead of decades of travel yeah. like he's he's virtually unstoppable which 10 he's seconds all you need is. is 10 seconds Let's talk about the Swedes. So this is something that was interesting to me because I don't remember these from the comics. Um, but the Swedes were like these timeline uh, assassins, essentially, from the hired by the commission, right, to correct yeah. the timeline. So I don't recall them from the comic, but were these supposed to be like the gas mask gang? Yes, that was that's in the what comic? exactly that. I don't. I don't think there was no Swedes, but there is this gang that goes after five the whole fucking time mm-hmm. in the book, and they've got these yellow suits and gas and red gas mask. And, um, and even in the, um, in the, there's a part of the book where Klaus is digging up like an old body of one of these gas mask people. And, th- and this is where like Chacha and, um, Hazel come in because they come in as like, a cause five just fucks them up at one point. Like all of them, they meet them at like a, 
know, it looks like at an the, outside. At the diner, right? Uh, what, a what diner, and in the parking lot, he just, like, murks them all, and um, and I think that's who the Swedes were, because they were after five the whole time, right? And then they were after, yeah. uh, they made a deal with the handler, and she's like, go after, you know, Diego, and so that's, I think that's who they were. They try to make them look all similar, right, with the white blonde yeah. hair? They look very similar. Their their dynamic was more. They were three brothers, so they had a lot more like. Uh, and then I think they were yeah they were, they were Swedish, but they didn't really talk. Um, Not much. But uh, in the comic, the they were a, there's just like they're basically like stormtroopers, like all these people in gas masks. They were all expendable. They didn't have any real character development for them. They were just there. And there was one scene I remember in the comic that was super funny. Is like they're all like on a bus getting ready to go fight five, and they're like, all right, so here's the plan. Uh, blue team, you go in first. You all die. Red team, you come in <laughs> after them. And they're like, Roger. And they're like, Red team, you come in after them. And then you don't die. And, you, and like, it was like comedic how expendable they were, which I was kind of excited for. And then they 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 changed that in the story. But Nate, what were your thoughts on the Swedes? Did you think that was a good addition? I think the Swedes were. Well, I don't know. It, it wasn't an addition to me, I guess, because you guys seen the, the comic the gas That's mask true. guys. So these guys are just the the new. Uh, kind of um, people that were after them. There was just kind of a, a, always a thorn in their side um, that they always had to watch out. They're always putting some ruffle in what they were trying to accomplish. Um, and I thought they were cool. I thought they were awful shots. I don't know how they could not kill these guys if they were just shooting at them. <laughs> I also don't know how. I, I And this, I just have to keep coming back to this. Like I don't know how any of these commission guys who come after them are trying to honestly kill five because... Um, or any of them, for that matter, they're so powerful, and the Swedes only have these uh, very strange guns that they're shooting at them. And I mean, I'm sure that they're very uh, good trained fighters, and they and they can um, they handle themselves. So I guess against Diego, when when Diego is kind of nerfed down, and all he does is kind of move fast and throw knives, yeah, he, it would be a good fight. But I mean, Diego that can dodge bullets, no, Diego that can dodge bullets should kick one of these dudes' heads off, I would think. And mm-hmm. um, same thing with Rumor, like she could just. I guess they chopped her in the throat, and so she couldn't say anything. But like and they could have it, shot her right there after they chopped her in the throat. Yeah, but. yeah. But if they can, somebody please get this uh, rumor a megaphone. Can somebody just get her a megaphone and let her just trash people? Because it would happen. Like she could just kill everything. I don't know. I thought there's. I again, I have to look past these things. I'm not a terrible critic. I and I do. I look past it and say, okay, they want these guys to be involved Keep in the, the entire show. Coming. Keep them coming. And, um, I love it. But I, I, I like. I liked that they were always a thorn in the side, and you were, you were thinking things are going, things are going smooth, and then here comes these yellow-headed fools <laughs> that come through and just start ruffling shit up. So, and you knew that one brother was not letting that shit go. He was coming back, and he was going to do something at the end, and of course he did. I don't know mm-hmm. why he walked away. Enough is enough, apparently. I'm not sure, um, and I don't know why they allowed him to walk away, especially after all of the pain that he kind of <laughs> inflicted on them. They like, I don't know. I, I didn't really get that, but I mean, cool, whatever. He he walked away. He he's he lived. I also didn't. I maybe they would. I guess they weren't in the comics, so they didn't explain this. But they were like throwing knives into each other. I'm not. I don't know what's going on with that. They could just like super just shut heal. off their sadistic yeah, so, fucking. Uh, I thought they were cool. They were a, they were a good little addition to the story, and they and they just allowed them another outlet to screw things up. It didn't just have to be the normal suspect. So yeah, I was I was impressed by the Swedes. I liked them. Okay, okay, yeah, I I, I think they were cool, and I think that they weren't a, they weren't a misstep necessarily. I mean, there was 
very little invested in them. They were just kind of like they would just dress up as vac- vacuum sales people or milkmen and <laughs> show up yeah. and start blasting. So yeah, they were fun. But, yeah, but I think there was a lot of missed uh, missed shots in this show, which those are the kind of things you just kind of have to overlook. Or like when they uh, they all turn around a corner because they're being followed and they all like one head pops here, one head pops above them, one head pops above them. They're all looking around the corner, like a cartoon. Like there's just some of that, 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 that cheesiness that like normally would, would just irk me. But at this point it's like, it's just, it's just the theme of the show. And that's, that's the, the temperature we're at. And if you can enjoy it, then there is a lot of enjoyable pieces in here. Um, Do you have any explanation for in the comics? Do they explain why, like, or how these, um, these guys who are time traveling guys who take other people out of the period that they're supposed to be or kind of alter time, do they ever explain, um, how like kind of men in blackish, you know, where they're zapping people and saying, Hey, you didn't see this guy. Do they explain how these guys are removed from time in the, in the comics? Like the repercussions do. of it or how they yeah, physically yeah. do it. I mean, no, yeah, just like the people. I know that they do it with the briefcases, but I'm just saying, like, if people saw them, because the, the Swedes were just not nonchalant. Like, they would just come through and just blast everyone. Like, you would think that would be in the news, like these serial-killing Swedish guys <laughs> just rampaging on downtown <laughs> Texas. Like, because yeah, they were yeah. just killing people. And so, like, I just thought maybe in the comics they explained how, like, maybe they had a little flashy thing, like, in Men in Black, and they were just taking people out and they forget about it. I don't know. No, uh, no. It so like if, it. It if like you it. ask me, I think that the I I called it lazy writing, uh, but Jr. and Zach both both assured me it was not lazy writing. There was a plan behind it all, and it's all going to unvelop eventually. But there's a lot of loopholes or a lot of gaps just in like that stuff in the in the comics, and that's one of them. Like, there's no explanation of how that doesn't impact like the butterfly effect, that how it doesn't impact the future. Like, it's just like they avoided apocalypse, and that's all that matters. Let's let's move forward. Um, but yeah, little intricacies of that that's never addressed in the comics. So there's just mm-hmm. there's just things that are overlooked and just like you can just like appreciate that or not appreciate, it, but just like ignore that or you can let that be the reason why you're not a huge fan. And at first it was it was the latter for me. I was not a huge fan because there are so many things that were just frustrating me. But I've I've grown to just enjoy the show and be entertained, which is maybe, the goal. Maybe maybe just go watch Lock and Key again then. <laughs> Lucky Key's completely uh, different. So was there was there a uh, a character that you maybe didn't weren't huge on in the first season, or maybe you didn't have high hopes for, but really grew in this season and kind of turned turned your opinion on him? Because there was a lot of growth in this season. There was a lot of people became different people at the end of it. I would say I really don't like either of the girls i just think that their powers are so good but they just nerf them down and just make them a piece of this and i hate that i can't stand it um five is obviously he's just my favorite guy i think he drags the whole entire family along i think diego and klaus oh my gosh if these guys could just get on the same page um with the whole vibe of the of the team then they the things would go a lot smoother so um, I guess guys that I wasn't a big Klaus fan in the first season. I thought he was just a kind of aloof all the time and a druggy. And then now they they kind of made him um, more humorous. And I loved the new perception of him of this uh, as creating this cult. And so I thought I thought I guess there's if there's a character that I just really didn't like in the first season and I came to like in the second, it would be Klaus. And if there was one that I liked more in the first season and uh, began to not like as much in the second it was definitely Diego with his infatuation on being this superhero and I think they made a good point where they were like uh, uh, I don't remember if it was five I think it was it was five said um, he's like 
take Batman and then shoot lower or aim lower. And, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a good yeah. one. That was hilarious. Was like, yeah, that's what he is. I mean, he's he was just too infatuated, and his hair was awful. So, yeah, that was my guy. They just cut it. I mean, I know it's your, they have just barbers. They have barbers. Get that shit off your head. Get Nate like six beers. He'll cut it for you, bro. Exactly. <laughs> what about you, Jr.? Um, I I felt. I mean, I felt a lot of the characters went, um, I guess if we're going to take steps, like, uh, I felt Klaus took, like, five steps forward. I felt five took five steps forward. I think Luther took two steps back. I think Diego took two yeah. steps back. I think yeah. um, Vanya didn't take any steps because she was already, Same. like, like already the one of the worst development characters in the show. Um, I'm not sure why they chose Ellen Page for their character. I'm not sure why they kept their pushing for her to be, like, this almost antagonist but yet she can't seem to understand i mean all she had to do in the show was go with five and leave a family that she's (laughs) like you're gonna destroy this family you can't take them with you to the future so i don't understand what you're doing um Uh and uh i felt like that was the worst thing i i do like rumor i felt rumor stayed the same for me rumor was you know um in the book they talk about her being omnipotent which is she could be extremely powerful and I think they, they in the book they kinda hold that off as well. They kinda put her in like this cage a lot of time in the book and don't let she's you know, in the book she's worried about her daughter or she's worried about, you know, in uh She's like Jean Grey kinda. Yeah, she's worried about the little things instead of the big things and you don't get to see her powers on full display either. Um so I felt like it kinda stayed the same for me. But uh yeah, that was kind of you know, I felt like the show took a, a five steps forward. I mean, I was giggling and laughing the whole freaking time i mean like i said the cult thing was freaking an amazing writing you know it's like um i mean there's a lot of uh culture and diversity in this series so i think a lot of people can latch on to that as well um some of it does feel forced you know we've talked about that in the past where you know um in the book when you read a comic book none of it feels forced none of that stuff even if it's an awful comic book you know none of that diversity or culture or anything you want to add doesn't feel forced but when you get to a tv series and the tv series is trying to grasp a wider audience they force these this diversity into it or this you know this thing about you know uh different issues around the world and um there's only a little bit of this in this uh in this season and which i thought was en- enough to ignore and uh, the fact that Vanya got her ass kicked with her own powers at the end was making me laugh. Um, but again, she's, I just I don't understand. I don't understand Vanya in this. I, lo- I love her way more in the book than I do yeah. in the series. Yeah, Vanya was a huge swing and a miss. And I, I just, if I have to see Ellen Page's pouty face one more for one more frame, <laughs> I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna lose it. And is it just me or does she have freakishly long arms? I don't know why I feel like. Well, that, but talk walk, about not. She you guys struts, are... like her arms are fucking just down by her knees. It seems I think like. it's her walk. Her walk. Probably. She doesn't. She <laughs> she is perpetually down all the time. So she just like walks like that as well. Yeah. It's like she wears everything in her body. So she's just kind of yeah. like uh, she's yeah she's not she's well not my favorite character. And, and then she's, she's always super character. nice too. She's always <laughs> super nice. Like guys, I mean. I'm just here, and I just, I just love you. I love you guys so much, but then I'm gonna blow shit up again. I know. Damn you, Vanya. I'm also just, taking and, time bomb, so right. <laughs> and talk about not getting your hair cleaned or washed or cut. <laughs> you guys gave Diego a hard time. He was in an insane asylum. Thank you very much. She's been on a farm <laughs> getting fed. Okay. Speaking of which, on the farm, nobody was a farmer. In that household, there was a salesperson <laughs> and a stay-at-home mom who was tending to the farm. 
He was live on a farm. Autistic kids. He was on the till all the time out there. They just didn't show that stuff. He had the donkey too. He had one out there. I mean, he was doing that stuff. He was the bread. He was the real breadwinner. They were. I think that was some child uh, forced child labor that they needed to try and ins- investigate over there. That makes sense. Um, there was, Seriously. There was some, yeah, yeah. That was there's, rough. That was so rough to watch. There's another hole. There's and just, when does that yeah. happen? Oh, hey, we hit this lady. She's knocked unconscious. She ain't got no. She doesn't remember who she is. Why don't you become in our indentured servant over here? We'll we'll give you some food. You're going to talk to uh, like the it's, kid, take care of him. Yeah, I, hang out I with our child unsupervised. Yeah, <laughs> stranger. I don't, I don't understand it's like another version of Back to the Future. <laughs> it's except for <laughs> except for he ran out the house and she didn't. Oh, and and Michael J. Fox hooks up with his mom in that, or she tries to go with him. It's the same <laughs> she, fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> Calvin Klein. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I think we're all in agreement. The Vanya storyline is just a swing and a miss. I, I, I loved. I think I like Seance in the first season, honestly. But the second season, he just, he just killed it. Yeah. I, he was so fun to watch, and uh, I thought that introducing Ben a little bit more was kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Because you, you really got to see a lot more of him and that dynamic, and his powers are still going. Like the fact that he can still hop into people that aren't Klaus, um, and like that scene with a. Uh, with, that was the only Vanya scene I enjoyed was when Ben hopped into her and was like, stop fucking everything up. <laughs> like, you're even killing me right now, but I'm still, like, telling you. Stuff I totally like that. forgot that was... about Ben. Ben was, uh, he was on my notes, I have things that I like, and he was one of them. I thought he's just, he's a super cool character. He's He seems like the only sane one out of them all. They all have their <laughs> weird tics. And ben, mm-hmm. ben, the dead one, the one who can't talk, is the only one who you're like, this should be, like, the leader of this crew. Like, five should be but he can't and um ben should be the one that's like leading this crew which i i thought was uh yeah he was great ben was awesome yep. yeah and and they never touch on how he died even in Not the comics yet. nope yeah it's no, such don't. a mystery no it's he such a mystery one of my other questions my other questions was how did ben die Nope. He starts. It starts with them like mourning his monument, like, and then yeah. explains what happened. But they're always like, "It's not your fault." Like they're always telling each other, "It's not their fault." Like, so something happened. A, a mission went wrong. That's all we know. But yeah, yeah the hor- His name is the horror, and I always get into this every episode. But the horror is his name, and he has tentacles. And the kraken is Diego, and he has no tentacles. <laughs> like it drives me fucking nuts. Like the kraken makes no fucking sense. But what is Diego's true power, though? What is, it, he can manipulate flying objects, or uh, he's Batman. He doesn't have any powers, but but he does stop bullets. Jr. Oh. That was really weird to me. Like he like he stopped the bullets with his hand. Yeah, like, I I don't know. That? I think they gave him a little bit more in the in the show. In the book, he's more like Bullseye to me than anybody. You know who Bullseye is from Deadpool? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, Colin Farrell, dog. Or wait, yeah, no, I thought that, that was Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil, yeah, Bullseye. Yeah, that's what I said, Daredevil. You said Deadpool. Oh, sorry, Dead. Whatever, Dead. <laughs> Daredevil. Potato, potato. Sorry, uh, but yeah, he is. Uh, I, he reminds me a lot of of Bullseye because of how he's able to manipulate, kind of his swords. His he, he could throw a pencil at you; it'd be deadly. Um, in, in the book, it. he's yeah, and he's he's like that in the book. I mean, they really don't show anything where he can like lift a car or he can stop bullets in the books i mean in the books he's just he's sulking a lot and he's after space boy and envious of space boy a lot of the time so um i think that uh, uh maybe there's some more development there for him as well we'll see this is actually i preferred diego in season two than season one season one diego really annoyed me um 
and I, I think I was the minority in that front. I thought he was just too over the top cheesy. And in season two, they kind of humbled him a little bit, which I appreciated. Um, and I thought that the Lila edition was actually a good addition. Like usually when I have, when I think shows are added, adding characters, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I thought Lila's character was actually pretty interesting and it made Diego more human. Yeah. Um, and less of a, like a trope or like a sarcastic comment. So I actually, yeah. I kind of enjoyed that. Uh, okay. Well, those are, those are the characters we enjoy then. Um, the ending. So... It comes down to another. They're they're trying to make sure. First off, they're trying to make sure the assassination doesn't happen. Then they're trying to make sure it does happen because of the whenever time travel is involved, it's like fuck, man. Try and keep up. Um, but I thought they did a pretty good job of of explaining what's happening so you don't get too lost. Um, but what do you guys think? I mean, I I don't know. There's a whole lot that happens with Vanya that I think just really was stupid. Uh, and the whole Harlan connection with the kid at the freaking like farmhouse that like when she's feeling something, he feels something like, I don't know. And then, and then, and then they, the whole, they, they, the assassination still happens. Like they don't avoid it. And then they find out there's a sparrow group there, which is basically like the new umbrella Academy, which is a nod to, to, to volume three. The book. So, yeah. So let's, let's start with Nate. Nate, what, what were your thoughts on the, on the conclusion? Is it what you were looking for or not? I have uh, one quick point to make about it that I thought was very um, – it's like the uh, Lord of the Rings where everyone says that, hey, why didn't they just fly the eagles all the way to uh, the Mordor and drop the, the – Every the, time. Yeah. yeah. Why, okay, so I have one. Why did it take Diego stumbling into that uh, switchboard area um, to figure out that it was Vanya and Vanya was going to blow it up and then that's what was going to happen and everything was going to go that way when Five has all this – knowledge of working for these t- this people for years and his uh, powers and abilities that he couldn't somehow sneak into that into that place and figure this shit out like i i don't know that that was my one thing like where he could they could he could have figured it out all the way said oh it's vanya we go find vanya vanya hey just stay out of there we're not they're gonna try and get you they're gonna put you in this chair they're, you're gonna blow up something you know like and that was my that was my one point where i'm like i don't know why he never thought of that five so smart he always has all the answers and uh, that seems like the most obvious answer. Hey, how do we figure out what's going to happen? Oh, I know of this switchboard that tells me what's going to happen. Like, I can go check <laughs> that shit out. And I have powers to, like, jump in and out and people can't catch me? Yep, that's where I'm going. I well, don't know. I, I think that this is where we insert the best character of the season. That's Herb. Herb is the best character in this ah, fucking season. Yeah. The fucking legend himself. Yes. And maybe... Five didn't have a good relationship with Herb because Herb Herb was what did it. Herb was yeah. what did Herb. it. Oh, what you put this here? Hold on. <laughs> and, just, yeah, no, Herb, and that underground weird resistance that he made was uh, was pretty cool. Yeah. I liked it. I, it was a uh, it was great. I love that part. Um, but overlooking that again, here we go. Putting the Nate helmet on and saying we're gonna hold up the shit I don't like or that I have questions about. We're just gonna enjoy shit. Um, yeah, yeah. I, that the end. Um, I okay, just like in most movies. Or uh, like teasers, and I know Jim Jordan's gonna give me some crap about this. Um, I'm a, I, I read the books The Twilight, and I really like those. And they had this like, scene in The Twilight where they showed this badass fight scene, I and I thought that it was dog. really cool. And it was that. a really cool fight scene. And then you wanted that to tr- finally happen at the end of of the of the book. So I, I mean, of the book or the movie or whatever you're watching. And I was hoping for this epic fight scene where the team finally got together. They united against the, uh, you know, the bad guys. Uh, you're calling them. You're making Star Wars reference, which I don't watch that shit, so I don't know about that. But <laughs> you're saying 
that they're, they're, the Star Wars are going to come here and they're going to come um, fight them. Well, um, they got nerfed, obviously, by uh, by Vanya. She took all those guys out. Bam, they're all dead. The whole Every one of those dudes are just smoked by Vanya. Took out the whole it, commission. Yeah, except somehow, or well, we know how, um, the, the, they're standing there still. So I thought that there would be this great fight scene between them, and it was going to give an opportunity for Diego to dodge these bullets and go fight all those dudes. And then Five was going to be him smoking around and taking people out. And then eventually Vanya would have to come and save the day and smoke them all out. And I thought that's how it probably would play out, kind of Avenger-esque, where Thor comes in and boom, smashes them all down. Uh, it didn't. It, it, they had the opportunity. They didn't. Um, we could have had like some ghost warriors. Maybe Klaus pulls up some dead cows out of the farm and like they come fighting through or something like that. Like, cows are gonna come fight. Well, I mean, it was up dead. I mean, I'm thinking on a farm. I mean, unless that was like Fucking a civil cows. war battleground. I mean, he's not pulling any of those ghosts out. But I just thought it was opportunity. Ben could have been fighting, and they could have showed all of their. Uh, showcased all of their abilities except that first scene. That's where we really saw them fight. So. That was my only disappointment about that part. They had some good fight scenes between, um, uh, what was her name? Lily, uh, Lila. Lillian? Lila. Oh, Lila. Yeah. Lila. Yeah. They had a good fight scenes between each one of them. They all had an opportunity to get a, like a crack at her. Um, but so that was good for me. I kind of, I, maybe I got a little bit of, out of it there, but I just think it could have, um, that whole fight scene was just a disappointment to me. Now how they ended the show and bringing the, the sparrow in and, uh, a whole new like view of how the show is going to go because this one was honestly the story arc was very similar to the first season hey we're all di- we're all dismembered we all got together now we're going to beat mm-hmm. the bad guy i don't yeah. think it's going to be that way in the next one because obviously they already know who the bad guy is and or what what the the antagonist is going to be in this one so it's going to be that was a great setup and I, i'm very excited to see what happens in that third one so um it, i'm gonna watch for sure um yeah i I guess that's how I, I feel about the uh, whole thing. I thought it came to a decent conclusion. They were able to defeat the bad guy like they were supposed to. They avoided the apocalypse. Um, I uh, I thought there was a little hole there, but all in all, it was it was good stuff. So before we go on to JR, who was the bad guy to you? Um, I think it was uh, the leader of the commission, or she like took the oh the, the handler. Hole. Yeah, the handler. That was her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When she yeah. maybe she ate the fish guy. So. I don't yeah. know about that guy either. <laughs> yeah. Like this fish guy is now leading shit. I don't know where he came from, but now they a didn't explain bowl, him at all. No, fishbowl head is just cruising through, and um, how his fish mind communicates with his actual body, no one knows. But <laughs> can, I mean, because if if that's, Nate helmet, yeah, that is yeah, Gerard. Yeah, that is Gerard way all the way. That's but, Gerard way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, she was obviously, I think, the uh, the bag. I mean, she was. She already. She killed that lady's, um, uh, Lily's uh, family for no reason, just to get her. She was trying to get that other kid because she could see the power in him. So she was obviously the bad guy. She was she was the uh, Joker to this uh, to this show. For sure, for sure. And just for your reference, the the fish headed dude. Uh, I can't remember his name. Jared, what's his name? McCarthy. Or uh, Car- Carmichael. Sorry, Carmichael. He was the head of the commission, and he was the one that. he he like injected number five with dna from every famous assassin in history so like john wilkes booth fucking michael or david chapman of lenin like all these huge like the franz ferdinand assassination all these huge assassinations yeah there's a scene where he's like gutted yeah he he would he like so so five has like all of the blood of all the assassins of history in him 
and he's that's why he's so talented and great and like he's the what's that supposed for to that. do for him what is the blood supposed to do for him it gives them or the dna or, or the skill set whatever they don't really okay. they, they just All like right. they like it's like kind of like a striker and wolverine right yeah, yeah, like yeah. he's the striker to to fives wolverine kind of thing yeah yeah there's still a lot of fucking plot holes <laughs> yeah uh jr what'd you think of the conclusion man um i i enjoyed it i mean i I was I I was uh, you know there's only ten episodes so you you know you start to get to you know eight nine and I really didn't want want it to end I wanted it to keep going so um, I knew they were gonna leave it as a cliffhanger um, I there are some really uh, like cool things that I saw in there that reminded me of the book um, uh, like when they're eating the brains so you you see that picture coming down on the plate well that's actually cover one of uh, Hotel Oblivion the regular the original cover not the variant cover. That you see those plates, so you, I caught that. You know, you get to see a lot of those um, little sneak peeks of there of the comic books. But um, you know, I just the the Vanya thing really was like annoying as fuck. Uh, I couldn't really stand that. But I love the sparrow thing because I think it's gonna add another element to which it did to the heart us in the book as well. It's like okay, what is going on? They're gonna fight another set that's probably just like them. And I, to Nate's point, it's like, hey, you're you're get to see them actually team up together, instead of being separate. And they get to like, maybe put some some uh, some of those powers to uses. Um, I, I mean, the handler was really annoying to me the whole time. So, I mean, she wasn't. I mean, I don't know. She's just kind of the background person, right? The that sets everything in motions. But not even the way that the end of the world was. Just that she just wanted her to be the leader again. She just couldn't stand it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I thought the end was okay. It wasn't like I felt it was a uh, a teaser to the next season, episode ten. Was, really, was was the the head or the first person we see from the Sparrow group? Was that Ben? It was Ben. Is that, is that who mm-hmm. that was supposed to be? Yeah. Okay, I yeah. thought so. I just the hair was yeah. different. It was a younger sure. Ben, right? So it was a. Well, they had yeah. a picture of Ben up on the mantle, like right there. Yeah, right. Right. So Ben right there. So he must be like the number one of the yeah. Sparrow group then. So 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 do you think because of the time travel? When they come back, they never actually existed, and so this was the new group that existed until they arrived. Like, is that where the sparrows came from? Like, I, I, I was kind of confused on that. In the book, it's completely different. It's another. Uh, we don't know exactly where they came from, but it's like another competition. Comp, uh, like whether it's supposed to rival the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think in this one, uh, Hargreaves has been. He already he sees those kids, and he sees what they become. And he doesn't like it, so maybe he goes a completely different route and chooses mm. completely different. And since Ben's dead, he didn't get to see Ben and didn't get to see mm. how he grew up. So I feel like he picked a completely like, oh, I'm not going with this guy. I'm gonna go with this guy instead because we know that oh. there was more kids that were born at that time, but they all didn't survive. So maybe he f- and that's kind of where uh, is it Lilac or Li- what's her name, Lily? Lila. 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 Where now there he's that there's more out there. And so now he's instead so this of this is his second, like his improved, new and improved, improved team because like, the first yeah, team didn't work. The first team's so stupid. Yeah, because he calls them kind of stupid the whole time, actually, you know. Oh, he talks down to all of them. Yeah. yeah. That's like part of the whole Diego crying turmoil is that they their father figure was a shitty father and just talked like they yeah. don't feel like they were insignificant. What is he? He's an alien. So that was what I was asked. Did you did you expect that scene where he takes his fucking skin off? Obviously not. No, I had no idea that he was some sort of alien dude who just kind of. So 
I was watching this with Sammy, and I was like, so in the comic, he's actually an alien, but in the show, he's just a human. And then at the very end, he, like, fucking rips his face off, and they show the back of his head. And, and he kills it sounds like he's eating these fucking people. Um, so, Jared can probably correct me on this, but in my experience, the, the comic, he's he's known to be, like, an alien mad scientist, but they don't go any further than that. No, and in uh, Hotel Oblivion, I mean, they go to other planets, like after space and things that he probably was. That, that's why he knows about all these things. Yeah. And, and there he's... is a nod in, in, in the show that when it's showing all like when uh, his date, the mom is like invest, like looking through his stuff. Yeah. And he's like, like and she finds the televator, like right. one of like the things that's from Hotel Oblivion. He The televator is a elevator that teleports you to a different dimension where he keeps all the villains in this huge hotel, like a prison, basically. Yeah. So if he has those powers, though, and JR is right that um, he said, hey, these guys are absolute lunatics. They're going to screw my Umbrella Academy up. And now we have this sparrow um, of guys that I think I can control better and, and I have another shot at it um, because I see how they turned out. Don't you think with those powers and that knowledge that he would just go through and kill these babies before they were – because he knows how uh, strong Vanya is and what she can do and how she can alter things? Um, or does he like just think that that fucks time up and that he can't go do that? Yeah. So, so he's not a he doesn't have any superpowers as far as I know. I mean, he's an alien. I mean, he can so kill he, a baby he, though. Yeah. I mean, he he's he's. I don't know to be honest of that answer. I think that he was learning as he went, and he was just gathering information from the group in that in that time travel instance like when he was young and they came to him he's like who are you and he's like writing down everything they're saying like he's just probably preparing and maybe knows that he can't fuck with the time continuum because he is a a studier of time travel that's why five wanted to hear hear his advice and the second advice was what saved him ultimately but i don't know i don't know jay what do you think i i think our i think uh hargreaves has like uh an ideology to him like he he has an idea of how things should be and i i i think you see that a lot of what happens in season two particularly when they talk about jfk assassination it's like hey you weren't supposed to kill him but you were supposed to do something to because he was you know headed down this path of where the he was going to take the world right jfk and um I think he has that ideology about him. I think, and when he when it when it comes to him, he's not going to murder kids, you know. But he wants better. Like he's like, I want a better team, but I'm not going to murder them. And we'll see what happens if I pull a different set of kids out. Do they even exist? Because in the book, he only picks the the seven because they survive. The other kids die, and so maybe this kind of fucks with that. And he's thinking the same thing, and but it obviously didn't fuck with it, and they didn't die and so i feel like that's that i think that's probably why you you see him do the things you do is because he has an idea of what he wants and him him murdering children might not be in that idea you know what i mean yeah and you also never hear where the children came from i mean they're they're all born at the same time from women that were never pregnant yeah. but that's all you know there's, like, there's an event like there's, there's just yeah there's just an event there's so many questions still which is yeah I think Gerard's intention. There's just so much intrigue. Well, he's going to write more. I mean, there's a 10-year gap. I think a problem with a lot of this stuff is there's a 10-year gap between uh, Dallas and Hotel Billion. And so I think there's, like, a lot of probably things that he changed maybe midway. Um, I just – I forgot that John Perseus was even in Dallas. Right. <laughs> he's not so in the show at all. He's not in the show. And so um, – He's the villain in uh, the yeah, third volume. Yeah, the third one. 
but uh i think that the fact that he's writing it and he's almost he might be writing it to maybe fit the tv show a little bit better i think we'll see some more explanations i saw a lot of explanations in season two about more of the characters so then in the past yeah i mean even even if you look at our last week's episode we were questioning why uh allison was bringing dollhouses to this house for their daughter that never actually was born and i think that has a lot to do with ray and the civil rights movement and the and the, the marriage he had there which is like so the show is actually putting pieces together from the comic um which i think is pretty cool so there's obviously a good camaraderie there and yeah it's it's working. So all right, well let's go into crafter trash then. Let's let, let's go around. So so Nate, uh, scale of one to ten, uh, if it's above five, it's craft. If it's below five, it's trash. Where would you rate this season? Um. So we obviously have it's basically like a scale of a uh, Star Wars to um, lock and key <laughs> is what we're saying. <laughs> oh, so, oh, so wait, your your hands are mixed up. So put your left hand higher yeah. and oh <laughs> <laughs> lock key is the peak <laughs> yeah the pinnacle uh, no i uh again the nate hats on pretty much on every show i watch every anything that i can um dedicate enough time to to complete i usually like uh i will find something that i found enjoyment out of it because i completed it and i thought oh yeah it was good so yeah it's all it's pretty much going to be craft almost all the way and uh i think that it was a uh, it was a solid eight, I'd say eight to eight point three, somewhere in there. Eight point three. Not not right. an eight point five though. Okay. It was okay. kind of 8. like 3. a it's going to be a um like a Tyler Boyd situation, I think. Tyler Boyd, the Bengals <laughs> wide receiver. You I, fucking I, I, love Tyler Boyd, bro. <laughs> I love That's me some all Tyler I hear Boyd. You talking I think people about. sleep on him. People sleep on him, but he's gonna he's gonna gonna have an above average season and this was an above average show. It was pretty good. I liked it a lot. The Tyler Boyd of Netflix shows. I love it. JR? Uh, actually, 8 was my initial throughout the whole thing. Um, it's There's things to hate on it, but there's not a lot of things to hate on it. Uh, Lock and Key, unfortunately, where there's a lot of things to hate on. I'm not <laughs> fucking sure. <laughs> um, but hey, Nate, you're not the only one. Uh, uh, Doug from Action City loved that show, too. So maybe I, I'm missing. My friend Marcus loved that show. So maybe we're just assholes, uh, the three no, of us. Yeah, no, um, no definitely not. There's, no maybe. There's no maybe about it. it's the lead <laughs> asshole right over there, Jordan. He's the lead one. And, uh, uh, it just trickles down. I, I'm like trick, less of the asshole. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think an eight's a really great story. I I, I love the fact that they. Um, I was excited. I I was excited the whole time watching that thing. I mean, I I got to watch it by myself. Amber doesn't watch it. So I didn't have to like stop and explain stuff or, you know, I got to kind of just enjoy it by myself, you know, late Friday night. I think I watched like three episodes. I mean, I didn't binge it, but I like I said, I, I mean, I watched several in a row and a lot of times when I watch TV shows, I could do multiple things because I'm, you know, I'm busy all the time trying to do mo- this one. I had to just pay attention and enjoy it and be entertained. And so I think eight's a really good, 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 solid number for that. Right on, right on. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, 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 I'm usually the pessimist of the group. Um, at least when Zach's not here. And on, on this one, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I was not that excited. I was like, oh god, I gotta watch season two of Umbrella Academy. What? Um, because season one, I just didn't think was that good, man. I thought it was just like, uh, <laughs> it was like it's, such a hater. 
It's the <laughs> translation the from the comic. The asshole, the comic There's a I lot mean. of misses. <laughs> so I'm okay. I want to say if we were just to listen to the audio snippets of all of you guys' discussion of the show and then listen to your ratings, I would be surprised. I was surprised you guys' ratings with how you talk about it because of the gaps and the holes and the and the questions. But I have decided, and I did this in Dallas when I read it. I'm just gonna hop on. I'm, I'm gonna stop. Picking apart the reasons of why I'm frustrated, and I'm just gonna put that Nate helmet on. Yes. And I'm just gonna hop on go. board and yes. enjoy the ride. And and honestly, I enjoyed this season a lot more than I thought I would. And I was pleasantly surprised. Now I gave it a seven, and the reason I gave it a seven is because I think that there's still a lot of questions asked. And it, honestly, I thought I think that space is a joke, and he should be more. He should be more of a prominent figure. Especially with like he's supposed to be the leader of the team and he's just a joke in the show. But Vanya really just made me like Vanya's storyline is miserable. There's nothing enjoyable about it. Like her husband is a car salesman that's kind of a douchebag and kind of a shithead. And she's trying to draw this southern belle away from him, like in a fucking lesbian love like triangle that has nothing no, no explanation prior or after and it and like the sun does, doesn't speak but also they're linked like Vanya's storyline was the prominent storyline of all the characters and it was the least interesting and I yeah. just I thought it was a huge swing and a miss so like if it wasn't for Vanya this would be in the high eights I think but she yeah. really brought it down and then and then and then just space I think that they just they swung and miss on him as well a little bit but he's still kind of endearing so it is what it is. But everybody else elevated for me. From from season one to season two, I thought Seance took a huge step forward. I thought five was already great, even improved. I thought uh, probably the biggest jump was was Rumor. I didn't really care about Rumor, uh, Allison, in the first season. And second season, I really enjoyed the civil rights part of it. I think that would made it so much more in de- like It just gave grit and interest yeah. to it. So uh, I, I really enjoyed season two compared to season one. And I think season three, Nate, is going to be all that we are looking for. That, that those fireworks that action finally the fireworks will finally happen and i yeah. agree with that rumor take i think as a the only thing that holds me back on her is that damn like she doesn't showcase what she can do like i love the behind the scenes the underneath like uh, the grit as you call it like i love her relationship with ray she found this dude she loves and uh she obviously loved her daughter and the other one um but mm-hmm. like so she is as a person i really love that I hate that she just strings along. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Space Boy. Uh, doesn't <laughs> yeah. really ever. Remember, poor, poor old monkey, monkey chest Luther. I mean, he's not. <laughs> I mean, if I was her though too, you got smooth looking Ray over there, like, hey, what's up, girl? And then you got Luther coming with those scarred up chest and a disproportionate body. I wouldn't go with him either. So, but yeah, For that's sure. the only reason. That's Who knows what his fucking why. junk looks like? Dude. Oh, I mean, dude, it's if you haven't it thought about it, I have. It has There's no be. way. I mean, he's taking that monkey fist, and he was on the moon for how many years? <laughs> the one at it. I mean, dude, it can't be looking good. That's that There's no way it's in good shape. No, no way. No, I mean, it's just, yeah, no, yeah, I agree. Zero gravity. Like, imagine what that does to a brother. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a great, it's a uh, great point. Interesting. <laughs> Oh, so that that winds up our score at a seven point eight, which I think is strong. I think that's a good a good score for a, a good season of a show that honestly I've only heard raving reviews about. Everybody I've asked has seen this season; they were really excited about it. And like, 
my first question was like, did you did you see Vanya? But outside <laughs> of that, like, I think that it was actually really well done. So I'm excited for season three. I hope, and, and honestly, I think that the reason there's so much Vanya is because it's Ellen Page, so she's probably got the highest uh, paycheck. I feel out like of they every actor. They, they like mold it for Ellen Page. You know and what I mean? They fucking shouldn't. They really shouldn't. Like they they the crushing whole it. Falling in love with another late like that's that. I feel like that's a a big time mold let's mold this for ellen page you know she's really strong about who she is and this is the only way she's going to be able to do this show so yeah we're going to get her to kiss girls because she likes kissing girls and it's like vanya's not even <laughs> even that's what that's the conversation verbatim that happened in the conference room. i, I bet you it is <laughs> executives at netflix and are like okay we need ellen page where she doesn't like kissing other dudes she likes kissing ga- girls <laughs> The last dude she kissed was Bobby Drake in Iceman in X-Men 3, and that was like 15 <laughs> years ago. And I forgot she was Kitty Pride. God, she's Kitty Pryde. everything. Yeah. Fuck. And, and I actually liked her as Kitty Pride. She looked like that young, you know, but now she just looks like a haggard homeless person. I can't tell if she's 20 <laughs> she's or 15. Same. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, <laughs> I can't tell. She's 80. She looks 80. But um, <laughs> should we go over what the uh, audience this is normally Zach's job, but since uh, Zach is uh, occupied. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So Z's not here. So uh, let's see. So season two. I got Rotten, ta- I got Rotten Tomatoes for you. Oh, uh, you got to pull it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what, what do we got? So Rotten Tomatoes has it sitting at uh, 82%, uh, which is an 8 out of 10. And then IMBD has it at 8 out of 10. So and we're at 78. So we're, we're 78. right there. Yeah. We're right there. Enjoyed it. Yeah. I think, I, bought, I think it's because I bought, brought the uh, positive perspective of it you a did. little bit higher. So I just drug you guys along. I was definitely like the uh, five out of this area. And you guys were <laughs> more like the, uh, uh, probably like a Luther and or Diego. Uh, Vanya or... over here. Right here. Vanya Are you and... calling me Vanya? I can't yeah, tell yeah. what you're yeah. pointing well, at. Pointing, okay, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The screen's not being. Yeah, Vanya. Uh, <laughs> more of like a Luther over I here. I was first chair and trumpet was... in eighth grade. So I have some musical background. <laughs> and I was five in this thing all the way up to an eight point. Or seven point eight. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean I that's it, so. Is there an audience score in there, Jr. Is that the critic score? That is uh, audience, and then the let's see the critic score. Let's see. Because the audience is usually who we we we're pretty. We used to be with the audience, and over the years we've become more with the critics. Because I've been rubbing off on these two. I'm, Jaded. I'm ruining, ruining their their optimism just day by day. It is, and that's the weird thing about you. You're, you're, you like if someone was to meet you, like this dude is very optimistic, a cool cat. And then when you really dig deep into your opinions about things, it's always glass half empty. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like funny that you, you said that. Right there. It's so Jeez. funny you said that because I've been, I was reading through my notes, and you can clearly tell the episodes I was watching while I was drinking and when I wasn't drinking <laughs> because there's episodes where like, dude, this is great, this is way better season one, and then I go deeper, it's like, dude. Fucking Luther's story is a joke. Why the fuck is he acting like he's tough? He's so cheesy. He has a revolver sitting on his fucking passenger seat right next to his fucking flask. Like he's like, I'm going to take a sip of my flask set right down next to his revolver and then grab the revolver and then like stare like ominously. Like it's just so sloppy. But I only care about that when I'm drinking. So I guess it's just the critical side of me when it comes out when I'm drunk. That must be what it is, Nate. Probably. Uh, Let's see. Critic consensus is actually a 90% Woo! So critics think it's better. The audience thinks it's worse, and we're with the audience. So we're, we're the back audience. to our we're back to our roots, baby. Yeah, yeah. So we're with um, the people. That's a big jump from last from first season to the second season. They're at a seventy five percent. 
you know, so I think season two, I think Netflix did the job of making season two the a better than season one, which is a really hard thing to do for TV series, you know, or second, you know, adaptations or whatever. So good job, yeah. Netflix. Absolutely. And I think that follows suit with the comic. The first one was introductory. It was different. The second one was way more structured. And the third one has all the fireworks. So I think that if I had to guess, season three will be much more high audience, much less critic. Because I, yeah. I think I think Nathan get what he wants. I think he's going to get that action. And they, hopefully they do it well. And I think About that, that action, with, boss. With yeah. this season, Beast, I think with this season, I think that we can see that they can do it both. So I think, I'm excited for season three. Um, right on. So that's our reaction to season two of Umbrella Academy. Before we close out, Nate, shout out some plugs, bro. Where can people find you and your show's content? You can find the uh, Fantasy on Tap. We have uh, Instagram following there at tap. Or fantasy on tap, and then we have a Twitter following at tap underscore fantasy. We couldn't get the uh, the OG one; someone else took that. I didn't find that dude, but um, and then Bastards. you can find us on all podcasting platforms, pretty much like all of the big ones. You just uh, look us up, fantasy on tap. We put out a episode a week until the season starts, and then we're gonna be dropping two a week. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Come check us out. Uh, me, the foot, and Boogie Borges really lay down that fantasy heat and thank you guys for uh, having me on again i really appreciate it it was just an awesome time i would love drinking beer uh, prior to noon that's one of my uh, favorite things to do in the entire <laughs> do world it all the time. So, um, i was very excited to do so so thanks again guys hey, hey thanks for coming on bro yeah, absolutely. absolutely it's august august 9th is the day that we're recording this so you have roughly 30 days to put together your fantasy football roster and if you have all the questions that you want answered Look no further. Fantasy on Tap has some great content. Not only do they have all the players that they prefer, but they have breakdowns of statistical data that will give you the information you're looking for for every position and how to fill your roster in the perfect way. So yeah. thanks for so much for coming on, Nate. JR, what do you got to plug, bro? Um, well, first I want to say thank you, Nate. I do get a lot of uh, – I don't do fantasy football, but I get a lot of football news from your guys' Instagram. So I'm very – uh, uh, very thankful for that. Um, keeps me in the loop, particularly off season. Particularly, I was gonna do a Bill Belichick thing. Was gonna take this whole season off. You know, it's <laughs> just gonna, you know, not even watch football. I wasn't gonna watch Stidham. I don't care. I don't care about Hoyer. I wasn't gonna watch any of that junk. And you know, gotta um, watch Cam. You gotta watch Cam. Now I gotta watch Cam. I'm excited for Cam. I'm super excited for Cam. Um, I'm a little worried for Tom Brady because they're literally building him a freaking dynasty football team. But I'm a little worried that he's gonna get creamed. Um, and not get the, and not be able to, to perform. And I mean, I made the comment earlier in the week. Lashawn McCoy is there, and it's like, who else does he need? And I, I just don't feel like it's gonna work out as well. Um, but. It's like the get... Lakers when they got like Carl Malone and Gary Payton and shit. It's like, dude, when they're forty five, they're no longer twenty eight. Like you can't just put them all together yeah. and expect a Super Bowl. But let's run. let's keep it at the same sport. There's a lot of success stories. We got the Joe Montana Chiefs success story. You got the Brett Favre going to the Vikings success story. And you got the, <laughs> all these and you success got the, stories. And the, no, and the Peyton Manning going to the, that's the true. Broncos. I mean, come on. That's it true. Can okay, happen. that's the only one that it won a Super happen. Bowl. That's yeah. the only one that won a Super Bowl. I do. I do. The head coach seasons. That's do. I do yeah. think that. Um, I, I'm just worried that all this, all this stuff is going to happen, and give him all these things, and he just can't get it done. Um, so I'm, I'm worried that's going to ruin that legacy a little bit. But uh, we'll Wait, are see. you more concerned about Tom's legacy or the Patriots season this year? Well, the, the, uh, Tom's, I, Tom's legacy for sure. Well, at one point, Tom's legacy was more important because the, the Patriots weren't even going to play real football. They were just going to show up, and it's like, okay, let's 
But now it's kind of shifted, and the Patriots are back on in the game. It's like, oh, I don't really care, you know, what's going to happen with Tom as much. Uh, I'm a Patriot fan first. I was a Patriot fan for Tom Brady, and that's how life is going to go. Um, but <laughs> So shut your face. And uh, I have nothing else to plug other than that's Did the you end plug of- anything? No. I'm done. I hate you. <laughs> I love you too, baby. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on board with us today, Nate. This was a blast. Um, everybody, go out there and watch some Umbrella Academy. It's a great show. We all had a fun, fun time uh, watching and talking about it. But as always, you can catch us at Hop Heroes Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on YouTube. And please, please, please listen to our uh, pull box promotion we got going on because we're trying to get some of Jared's comments. Jared's running out of room. He's got no more room for his comics. We're trying That's to get true, rid of I them. Don't. So We're trying to find ways sense. to get these comics into your hands. There's so much great content out there that you've never read before, and, and we're willing to ship it to you. So just leave us a comment, leave us a rating, leave us a review, or a, an organic post on your social media platform supporting the podcast, and we'll ship some comics to your door. But uh, thank you so much for listening this week, and we'll catch you all next week. <laughs>